This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Can you just check that uh, SV console winner? Did it come off Tyrone Ming's foot at all? It did. Oh, oh, oh. He's just this. told poor on Esri, and he's absolutely he gutted. Oh, I don't know about that. Whoever touches it last. Heartbroken. Absolutely heartbroken. Oh, my God. Well, at least we won. Esri, you thought you'd scored the winning goal. Uh, just tell us what you think now. Um, heartbroken, really. <laughs> nah, I'm joking, but, um, you know, uh, uh, we got the victory, that's all that matters, you know, we needed the three points today, I uh, thought we dominated the game. Tyrone, who scored the goal? Me, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, yeah, like you said, obviously, it's a cliche to come on here and say that goal don't matter who it goes to, because the three points is the most important thing, but when you got the three points, it's also nice to score, so... This makes it even sweeter. <laughs> Tyrone, we haven't spoken to anyone from Watford yet, but I feel certain they're going to say that you possibly should have been sent off for a second yellow card, the handball on the halfway line. What would you like to say? Nothing. When I go home late at night, this is a song that I really like to sing right now, so I'll play it for you. It's uh, called My Old Man. Last chance if it drops right. Horse helps it on to Tyrone Mings and Konza! Esri Konza strikes goal for Aston Villa! Welcome to the My Old Man Said podcast. I'm David Michael, the editor of MyOldManSaid.com. Joining me for a... Uh, how are you billing this, Mr. Chris Bud? Is this like a reaction? It was such a pivotal uh, result that we thought we had to... Uh, it's a relief show. It's a relief show. We had to jump on the mics just to... Uh, Let it all out. Before we deliver you uh, a proper show, uh, looking back at Watford and Brighton and Sumatra and, and all the other happenings, uh, obviously we've been slipping in uh, some full-length shows uh, for the My Old Man Said patrons so if you uh, you haven't joined us yet and 
are thinking about it, please do go to myomansaid.com, click on the patron option and uh, do sign up. All the information is there. I will do the uh, the latest uh, My Own Man Said patrons who have signed up this week uh, in the next uh, main show. Uh, so uh, listen out for that for your shout outs. But this game, and we're talking about Watford at Villa Park, hopefully it will be a metaphor for the season where we start off all right. And uh, we were, you know, reasonably controlling the game. Then we have a bit of a setback, i.e. winter time, Watford score. Then we kind of got back in it and you're thinking, well, basically, let's not lose this. That's the most important thing. And, you know, let's metaphor being, let's stay up. But then last minute of the game, does this mean we're going to finish the season on the flurry? We're going to go on another 10 game winning run. Oh, I hope so. We're going to get to Wembley and we're going to beat Manchester City against all the odds and it's going to fin- finish with uh, Dean Smith getting manager of the season after the recent elements of doubt, people calling him out. But, you know, what a game. It was a real uh, Amazing. spectrum of emotion. Amazing game. Don't say under the lights. <laughs> <laughs> the drama under the lights. The drama <laughs> under the lights. But yeah, what, uh, I mean, what a sales I think, pitch that will be for the Leicester semi-final. But this uh, is just a short uh, look at the game. Uh, the game's just finished uh, a matter of uh, a couple of hours ago, wasn't yeah. it? So we are detoxed, bovrelled up and uh, ready to go. But at the start of the game, uh, for the first 35 minutes, well, just say before the goal, before the opening goal by uh, Troy Deeney, I thought uh, Villa were kind of controlling the game. It was just like you could tell when they got in the final third, they just, when they're delivering that ball, they, there isn't that reflex ball that you put in because obviously there's no striker there. So there's a bit of hesitancy. Right, what am I going to do with this ball? Now I'm in the position to obviously, you know, for example, target. Where am I putting yeah. this ball? But because they don't know instantly, it's not like a muscle reflex that right that you know our, our striker or strikers are always going to be you know one's going to be on the back post or you know one's going to run the near post or, or come in short or whatever. So there was that kind of hesitancy, and you just thought hey, we're doing enough here, and, and you could see if we had a striker here, I think we'd be one nil up. Yeah, I think we had you know we had quite a bit of the ball. I think it was all a little bit too pedestrian at times, although it was kind of neat. We never managed to get sort of into that extra gear to break their lines. You know, Watford turned up very, uh, I wouldn't necessarily say they were passive, but they very much defended from the halfway line back. Yeah, there, there was a lot of times where the centre-backs were just p- playing it amongst themselves and then yeah. going back to Rayner and starting again. But I thought once the full-backs realised that they could bomb on, it made a difference when we got Gilbert and target into wide areas. And when they actually hooked the touchline, it opened up the pitch a little bit more. Yeah. And in terms of the passing, I mean, the first sort of, two minutes I think everybody had their head in their hands going oh no Nakamba's on one again tonight and so is Drinkwater but actually <laughs> once Nakamba got going he was deservedly man of the match I thought he was superb it was probably one of his best performances in a Villa shirt so far yeah I think as a, as a whole team just to pull up a stat just before the, the Watford goal I think the pass completion rates between the whole for the whole team was about 84% I think Watford were, were down in the 70s at that stage so you can just see that they're basically uh, keeping the ball out and not actually constructing anything but you know as I said we just didn't know really what to do we weren't incisive enough and we and we did you know get in amongst them uh, to be fair we were controlling without threatening is, is yeah you'd, you suppose you'd call it sort of huff, huffed and puffed without ever having that sort of killer and we didn't really make sort of a clear-cut chance or make Ben Faster work much but yeah and I thought I mean drink waters you know always gets everybody slags drink water off and in this case they're saying oh yeah well no no coincidence that Villa uh, scored after he went off but he was actually recycling the ball quite well and from a little deeper from the midfield when it came back out it, you know he was putting it back in yeah 
and recycling and reconstructing attacks. So uh, I just thought, yeah, if, if he gets up to speed, you can see he has got a bit of composure. Yeah, you, could, you, you started to see glimpses of what he's about and what he will bring to the yeah. team over the next few months. I think he's just going to need to, you know, to be eased in. I thought it was it was very much the right decision though to hook him when Smith did, and I, and I think Louise did was part of changing the game because he just gave us that little yeah. bit of zip on the ball. Yeah, and and Louise, he's 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 still like like a rough diamond. It just needs a, a bit of a spark up his uh, ass to uh, get going. But he, he seems yeah. to thrive. He thrives on the occasion. Though. I mean, I mean, let's let's talk about. Uh, I mean, at half time, I think some people were getting the uh, the ropes out already. It looked like the season was going down the pan because uh, you wouldn't want to look at the league table if we'd lost that game. Obviously, Bournemouth uh, also beat Brighton, so they'd have been above us. And suddenly it's uh, Norwich, then Villa at the bottom, and you're just thinking this is going to be a fucking long season. I mean, if even if we drew this game, it'd be a long season. Psychologically, it was massive just to get level. But you could see the the team is feeling the pressure just from the release of uh, you know Dougie uh, Louise. I mean, that was old school. That was like crowd surfing, mosh pit, diving into the halt. Some players run up to the halt. I mean, I think uh, Hutton climbed into the halt. I remember Kozak ran into the halt, and I remember Adama Traore literally ran into the halt a few times as well. <laughs> But Dougie Louise kind of climbed up and then just dived in like he was, was a great uh, effort, a, wasn't it? at a concert or something. It was brilliant. It's what it's all about. And you saw from that, he's like, he, he wants it and he's up for it. And, you know, I'm, I'm not a big fan of the word passion, passion. That's how they sell, you know, they sell this game to, uh, well, that's how they sell TV packages to you is the passion and showing pictures of the fans. But that was like a genuine moment for fans, players, all under the pressure and starting to fear the worst about this season, even though you've still got that inkling that they've they've got it in them to get it out, it's just do they have the know-how? And uh, that moment was like, yeah, I mean, that was the relief. I mean, we're still in an uphill battle, but uh, it set up what was to come as well. Yeah, and I think Louise is probably be aware that he's probably had a difficult few weeks in general and a difficult sort of Christmas season in a Villa shirt. I think he's had moments, whereas I think, you know, he's... he's, he's um, his assist for Grealish at Brighton, then coming off the bench, changing the game again. He'll get a lot of confidence from that, and especially to score yeah. such an important goal will be a really big moment for him and a, and a big moment for you know Konza or Mings or whoever's claiming the winner. But to, to, to win the game in the manner we did after the way the game had gone, I think was the perfect way to kind of lift everyone. Yeah. I mean, going back to Louise, I mean, people were saying just because uh, of his pass, you know, one was it one swallow in the hand or whatever they're saying is uh, his pass for Grealish in the Brighton game that he should have been starting. And you just think, well, the, the thing is, it's he seems to uh, work better when the actual adrenaline's pumping and the tempo's up, for example, you know, in the final half hour, 20 minutes when you're chasing something at the moment while he's still developing because uh, his downfall is his, when there is no tempo to the game, you know, in the early stages and he and he slacks off and he's a bit casual and he takes his time too much. But when he's, let's say, tuned in, is is a different beast. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I understand why Smith uh, went for Nakamba because I think he was always going to play drink water just from this idea of getting him up to speed. Yeah, he just needs minutes, doesn't he? Yeah. So when people were saying, oh, it should have been Louise over drink water, I was, I was thinking, no, I think, you know, you've got, 
drink water in for a reason, and I think he would start him. And Nakamba would be a let's say a safer bet because he had a decent, a reasonable game against uh, Brighton. He's, uh, I mean, you know, as we said in the the, the bonus patron, Nakamba and Louise are obviously have, have been almost like some up Villa's uh, season so far in with their inconsistencies. You know, moments of uh, brilliance and you know competence in uh, some games, and then just you know lackluster, just getting the basics wrong and playing when they shouldn't be playing in areas that they shouldn't be playing in but uh at the moment we have a midfield that can kind of switch in and switch out depending on what you need and once we get that st- uh, striker in once the matter's uh, bedded in then uh, you can see a bit of light at uh, in the end of the tunnel i think the, the question with louise is is finding him uh, a proper role in midfield because i think he's perhaps wasted as a as a deep sitter yeah i, I think so um I, th- I think he wants to play as sort of a number six, doesn't he? Slightly deeper, and he wants to sort of. Yeah. I think if if Grealish is slightly more advanced or in and around him, he potentially has the the, the player to bounce off. I think if he plays just in front of the back four, it, it doesn't necessarily suit him because he's not a big physical, spoily type player. He's more of a keep it ticking over and pick a pass type midfielder. So I think once they get the balance of the midfield right, I think he'll find his spot. Which is why when he came off the bench against Brighton and came off the bench today, especially now because he knew he was going to get a lot of the ball. I think it was yeah. the right change at the right time and a, a proactive move from Smith, which, of course, he's been accused on numerous occasions this season of not doing. I'm, I'm glad he reacted quickly. I think it was about 55, 60 minutes, wasn't it, he made the change. So he, he gave Louise plenty of time to get up to speed and I, th- I thought he did well when he came on. So what's your, I mean, just uh, just to recap on Drinkwater, what's your uh, standing on him? Because obviously that's a patience uh, thing. I mean, people are Yeah, too- I, think, I think he needs games. I wonder if there's a, an under-23 game, which I think there is next week. I'm pretty sure they play Albion um, soon. And I just wonder if he will give him a little bit more game time or if they'll have a behind uh, closed doors game in the seven days off just to give him that little bit of um, extra you know extra fitness because I think he's, he's he's kind of trying to build him through games you know he lasted maybe what 55 60 minutes again against yeah. Watford but he, at some point Smith's going to need him to last 90 and but I think he's as, as we said earlier that there's little glimpses of what he can do I think he's just going to have to grow into his role and I think if he keeps if he keeps doing that people will remain um patient with him yeah I mean you know he's he's, he's always clocking in around 80 82 pass uh completion and uh you know he sees a reasonable amount of the ball as well so it's not as, as if he's uh he's gone missing and uh, as I said, you know, I, th- I thought he was recycling the ball all right. It's just that we once it was recycled back into uh, play, we didn't really uh, have a clear. We just didn't have map the pace either. What we, we what we were doing, yeah, yeah, and we didn't really manage to break their lines particularly well. Be it you know pace, movement, or just that speed of the ball going. It was all a little bit pedestrian along the back line. It was actually we yeah. looked better when we you know hit the big switch and the diagonal ball actually worked for us a few times with Mings. He pinged a couple out to target and to. Um, Gilbert as well. What do you think of the uh, the back three? I mean, I think I read somebody on Twitter said, uh, just play the three centre-backs up front, Dean Smith. There's your plan for the next game. <laughs> I mean, I thought they, for the most part, defended well. I think Konza had a good game. Mings did, I'd, I'd call Mings par for the course. He did what Mings does for the most part. I thought Courtney Hawes generally defended well. I thought it was very sloppy on the ball thought his distribution was slow and a little bit yeah, kind of overplayed and he, he always took the extra touch when he didn't need to the ball has to go quicker with him in terms of uh, pass completion he is the sloppiest of the lot yeah Konza and Mings are 83 plus and uh, he's 76 right but again he wins more aerials I mean he, he won 11 compared to uh, Konza's sure 7 read, um, Mings is 5 he had the highest headers won 
like header completion in the league. Yeah. He's the best person in the air. But he'll never have as good a header as Mings's uh, block, which uh, came at him like a missile and hit him in the side of the head. He didn't know much about that. No. I don't know if you saw that, the one that poleaxed him out. Yeah, That was the kind of one that would have seen Wesley on a stretcher and off the pitch. Uh, Mings just shook it off. but uh, And he got more contact on that than uh, his alleged goal, which uh, I haven't seen back yet. I've seen uh, just a you know, highlight on my phone uh, of the goal, but you can't, I can't really see if he touched it or not. He yeah, he hits his it. foot. He's kind of, he's gone down and then he's on his, essentially, I think he's on his back with his, his trailing leg up in the air and it obviously hits his studs. His arse, and just, it? Yeah, it just gives it a little bit of extra air to go over. I mean, Ben Foster wasn't getting near it anyway, and to be honest, he didn't deserve to get near it for all his shithouse time-wasting, which I'm sure we'll come on to in a second. <laughs> so just justice done, should we say, you know, karma. Karma was on Villa's side, which on so many occasions this season it hasn't been, especially when they've played well. Yeah. What was your what was your take on the sort of the, the persistent time wasting from Watford and the lack of you know the referee getting on top of that in the game? It was it was a very kind of like jobsworthy type refereeing performance. I thought where he just he kind of spoiled what was actually a really good competitive game. Yeah, no, and it was always building up. Uh, the, I mean, the thing is, I was quite surprised. By- by apart from uh, Delafay's chance, was it the end of the second half? I can't remember if it was the end of the second when he was kind of through, but yeah, uh, it was, it was just shot into the side netting. Oh yeah, sorry, the one at the end of the first half. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, because when he, you know, because you know he's he's you know technically he's very good at, and you know he's he's a bit of a magician at times, and uh, you know I mean, he's kind of what we could do with really. But apart from uh, that, they didn't really uh, break their necks. I mean, there was that craziness, uh, the big Pepe Reina flapperthon. Uh, it was about three. Pun- Punches, flaps and flicks uh, that seemed to go on for about five minutes, which uh, I think Mings, instead of just welling it out, he let it bounce. And uh, I think Watford player got a, sh- you know, got a foot in and that, that was, I think that was the second or third uh, shot in that sequence. But uh, apart from that, they didn't really uh, go for it. And, and as you say, they were time wasting and I think they were happy either to grind out a 1-0 or when we did equalise, obviously we had the momentum. I think they were just thinking, let's take the sting out of this momentum and just get out of here because at least uh, a draw keeps uh, Villa below them. Yeah, I, I certainly thought they would show a lot more willing with some of the players they've got and the momentum they've got. I, I thoroughly expected them to come and really have a go. It was a chance to kill us off. Especially at 1-0. I mean, I said to um, the, uh, Tony, the guy next to me at sort of half-time, it's, it's all, it has the feel of like next goal wins this. If Villa get yeah. a goal, they'll get some momentum. If Watford get the next goal, they could run through us or we'll just, it'll be game over. I think I put on Facebook, I said the next goal at half time. I said the next goal could be very important for Villa's season and yeah. the profit, the prophecy came true. Yeah. Monumental switch in belief and uh, confidence. Uh, I mean, it's, it's just huge, The uh, that kind of injury time winner. It just yeah. shifts everything. It, you're suddenly looking at that semi-final and you're thinking, right, we're going to give them uh, one hell of a game. So you're excited about that and you're also going into that Bournemouth game because Bournemouth would be, because they won now, they'll be thinking, right, it means nothing. We need back-to-back wins to get us out of here and, and obviously drag Villa back down. But now Villa are fired up as well. So that could be potentially a bit of a ding-dong battle as well. Well, it means you, you look at your January results and all of a sudden you, you take the Man City game out of it because it was a free hit and you thought you'd lose anyway. But all of a sudden you've gone to Burnley who were around you and won. You've gone to Brighton and got a point and you've beaten Watford and gone above them. Yeah. All of a sudden it's not quite such a disastrous month and 
was being, you know, yeah. Recorded. All of a sudden, you, you're you're seen to be taking care of business, which yeah. is uh, which is what we actually, you know, which will we'll never mind. Want is is what we need. And I think it's it's really cr- real credit to sort of Smith and the players that actually they just held their nerve in the end, and they, they, it isn't like they've come out and played ticker tacker football and stuff. They've just when they've had to, they've just ground it out the hard way. You know, Burnley was a hard-fought win in the end while they showed a bit of quality. The Watford win was was huge, but it was a grindy kind of win. The Leicester Cup draw was the same. Brighton was the same. You know, when they've had little opportunities, they have managed to show some quality, but for the most part, they've had to win ugly. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. I think I'm, I'm so excited. It's a, it's a huge step for me in my career. And uh, for all the people from Tanzania, this is a very big step for the country as well. Uh, Everybody is so, so on it. Like uh, they were looking for it to see um one Tanzanian guy who can play in the Premier League and here today I'm him, so I'm so happy. So, uh, Samata, who looks like he can finish. Yeah. We, I mean, we don't we don't really know about his all round play because uh, you know we're not we haven't been we haven't been watching a lot of Belgium football to be honest. I mean, his goal scoring record. I mean, it's it's what is the exchange rate on the uh, the Belgium league to the Premier League? That is the uh, the question. Yeah, it's hard to hard to gauge, but just to have a focal point will make such a difference. And someone you know, because he's twenty seven, he's played in the Champions League. He's, he comes across really well in his interview. You know, he's clearly a very confident guy. He's not. He's not going to sort of. I don't think he looks like a shrinking violet. He's going to come in here and he's going to want to hit the ground running. I've already noticed he's got. Uh, you'll get on with Trezeguet because they've both got Gucci tracksuits. Oh, wonderful! So uh... they'll be head. They'll be head to toe in Balenciaga in no time then. <laughs> The main uh, takeaway from uh, you know the highlights that you watch and which you know pretty much everybody does is uh, you know you can header the ball. Obviously, we haven't scored a headed goal this season, which uh, it doesn't really matter how they go in. But uh, I just thought from today's performance, you just thought, yeah, today was a, was a game where we suffered from not having a striker because we would have probably uh, taken the lead before they did. Yeah, I mean credit to Vasilev when he came on, he, he was a. A, bit, a little bit of a focal point and you started to see what he's about and he's a you know really hard worker and he'll chase everything a little bit like Andy Vyman but yeah. he's he's someone who could be a, an interesting little weapon to use 
you know, in the second half of the season. But he certainly isn't ready to be the main man yet. He might, he might have a Graham Fenton role. Hopefully, yeah, in the in a cup final, might be somebody that uh, Smith has up his sleeve because he is a willing runner and uh, yeah, very much so. He works hard and he run he runs intelligently as well. From uh, from what I've got on these these last two cameos, there's almost there's almost a hint of Scott Hogan about him. You know, all these great runs, but no one ever feeds him. <laughs> No, but he's, but it's more like not running in at goal. It's more like chasing down and yeah, and he'll, uh, he'll pull people out of position and just just give and him offering himself. Else. Yeah, he'll give people things to think about, which I think is what we need really. Uh, what have you been thinking about uh, Pepe Reina so far? A, a question I always ask uh, guests when we are talking about goalkeepers: Do you feel confident in him as your goalkeeper? Yes. Yep. He's come straight in. You know, I think his distribution is on the money. Yeah. I like how he's so proactive when he takes a cross or he has the ball at the back he wants to start the attack he feels like he is part of the play even yeah. you know for the the, the Watford you know the winner he kind of said no you like fuck off get in the box get under this and he ran pretty yeah. much up to halfway didn't he and orchestrated the final attack you little things like fuck that fuck off <laughs> get in the box <laughs> What's what's you lot fuck off in Spanish? Let <laughs> me to get on Google Translate. <laughs> no, it's alright. I'm joking. I'm not. <laughs> Hang on. Que te jodas? Yeah, que te jodas? That's you lot fuck off <laughs> in Spanish. But it, I thought I thought he's just a calming influence. You know, he's you know he's not yeah. going to be overawed by these kind of games. You know, he's played in World Cups and he's played Champions League finals and he's played at the San Siro yeah. every week and played for some of the biggest clubs in world football. You know, this is this is a walk in the park for him. He's glad to be playing and I think he'll he's exactly the player we needed at this time. Yeah. As much as Nealon's done well, I think in terms of personality, leadership, organisation, the fact that we've got someone behind Mings now, I think will make a big difference to the, the back three and the team in general. Yeah, the situation is if you've got a crumbling team fighting relegation, then uh, potentially Rain is walking into a situation where he's just cannon fodder. But if he's got a defence that's trying to find its way but has got talent and potential there, then he's only going to make that defence better just through, uh, well, you know, he's very vocal, he's very experienced, but he's, he's bang up for it as well. Yeah. So the dynamic works very well and, and uh, the you know, the potential is there to improve the defence. But one thing that we didn't touch on is... Again, the defence switch off at times and you've got three centre-backs there and the main talisman striker who has been responsible for the resurgence of Watford is floating around like a butterfly and has a free header pretty much to uh, put them in the lead. You know, it's the freedom of the penalty box and you're thinking, how does he get to the, you know, the, pretty much the edge of the six-yard box and nobody's fucking marking him? I mean, it's, it's a crap piece of defending. Again, it's, it's kind of been Villa all season, hasn't it? Luckily, we got away with it tonight. But in terms of if you're going to make individual errors, and one, one thing Smith mentioned, I think it was in his pre-match, he was talking about giving away tactical fouls in smarter areas. Like they did it a couple of times on halfway and in, in, in the Watford half. They gave the ball away in a, in a silly area in their own half again. So yeah, if, you, if but, you have to, just take the man down. But I've noticed that in a couple of uh, games when we've played the three centre-backs is, I mean, you, you know the uh, the uh, the saying, the corridor of uncertainty, when somebody basically crosses it, pretty much the edge of the, yep. the, the six-yard box in it when it comes in fast. The corridor of uncertainty. But there seems to be a cor- corridors of uncertainty in between where you've got Mings in the middle and then you've got in between Mings and on, you know, one side, obviously, Conzo, one side, house and if if a runner runs in the middle there it's the the uncertainty of who picks him up or who is marking him on a cross yeah and they seem to get it wrong uh at times and there's really no excuse uh because i think if you've got a two you can say right you pick up uh troy Deeney, stick on him you know when there's a set 
play, while the three seems to be a bit more zonal. And or, or they play that. Uh, well, Ming, Mings attacks the ball, and then the other two go zonal, and it just creates that space because if the ball goes over Mings, then somebody will just you know run in behind him, and the the one of the other centre backs who may be marking somebody else doesn't pick it up. Well, it's just typical Villa again, isn't it? It's like you've you've, you've worked so hard and you're in such control to to play yourself into trouble and gift them a goal. You just think, you know, you've dodged a bullet in the end, but that, you know, could have been another costly error. Yeah. I was just looking at uh, Ghent, some of their formations when they played home and away uh, in the Champions League. And uh, old Samata, he's played uh, alongside somebody else as a front two. He's also played the deeper. He's at, They've had like a forward playing up front and he plays behind that forward. So like, what, what do you call that role? It's like uh, kind of a forward number 10. Yeah, they call it almost like a false, false nine, false ten, isn't it? They're calling it all these silly yeah. phrases now. But he's essentially just off the striker. He's kind, he's kind of where really should be really. Yeah, I don't, I don't see him as like he's not the target man. He's, I think he's a bit more versatile than that. But he is obviously a, a finisher. But he, he's, I think you know maybe if he, he might fit into a three and be a little bit more fluid than uh, than Wesley. I mean Wesley's fluidity was coming back deep, which uh, is not really where you wanted him. No. Where I wonder if old uh, Samata runs the channels a bit more. And might, yeah, well, you know. he said himself that he does. He wants he wants to go in behind, which I think Villa have, well, we've said all season, haven't we? They desperately need the option to go in behind, especially now you don't have McGinn who's willing to, to go past yeah. the striker. Yeah, you, know, you can see him going out wide and Grealish running into the centre. And, you know, same with El Ghazi. I kind of, uh, I like Trezeguet's work rate. And uh, it'd be interesting to see which, I mean, obviously they'll rotate them a bit, but which. Yeah, they both, who, they both put a shift in, to be fair. Who Smith fancies is the most uh, for example if uh, Samata starts against Leicester do you think he'll start against Leicester I'm, I'm yes. assuming that yeah. or do you think they'll use him as a uh, as a as a super sub I think because they've got seven days of rest slash prep time now I think yeah. Smith, will, Smith will know that he needs to get him up to speed and the Leicester game even if he plays well and has to pull him pull him off after a certain amount of time I think he knows that that's part of you know embedding him in the team so I think I think he's a shoe in to start to be honest he, isn't, he certainly isn't bringing him in to ease him in. You've got to get him up to speed now. Because this was a situation uh, I spoke about when we uh, when we first of all went into the uh, the first leg against Leicester. Was like as long as we can stay in the tie, we would have a chance of buying a striker in, yeah, and playing and playing him in the second leg. And it's come to fruition. But we're in a position now where Leicester haven't got a fucking clue. They've never seen uh, Samata play for Villa. No, neither of neither of Villa fans. Neither but, have we. But Leicester as an opposition who have to deal with him. We have that. I called him a wild card on social media. We have got a wild card to play. Yeah. So there is a bit of, uh, I wouldn't say it's an advantage because obviously he's got to hit the ground running and, you know, that's another issue that might uh, fall into Leicester's favour. But when you've got the whole crowd willing you on and uh, it's a kind of a one-off game and he's, you know, he's played big games before he's no, uh, and he's no slouch. So it could could be interesting, could be an interesting night. But I think in terms of just momentum as well, you know, he turns up to Villa and he already, he already has a song about him. I mean, the whole end was singing his name tonight. There were people yeah. walking to the ground before the game singing his name. So he's going to have the crowd behind him. That was actually one of the nice things when um, Vasilev came on. He did lift yeah. the crowd a bit because, they, as with all young players, the crowd are really willing them on and they want them to do well. They're not going to get on their back unless you know it's not happening after a period of time. But to begin yeah. with, they're all they're you know they're one hundred percent behind them. Yeah, I think, and it switched it nicely for that game and for the running. I mean, it's it's setting up the rest of the season uh, in my mind. Yeah, to have that mini break. 
and then well, there's two there's actually two breaks isn't there there's our little fa cup break because we didn't yeah. quite uh, make it and then there's the uh what's what's the official term for it winter the play players winter rest or whatever it is the february dubai piss up but uh but that's another chance to uh get uh some matter up to speed as long as if we can you know get something out of bournemouth as well yep and and then that extra little week of getting him up to speed again and then we go uh, go again mcginn hopefully is uh, only a matter of five weeks or so away of returning as well so positivity and all of a sudden everyone can be positive and I think that was the the good thing tonight as much as it was a very nervy atmosphere once Villa got a bit of momentum and it was you know, yeah. we'd spoken about it and I'd spoke about it in the the mad few group that the whole end needs to act like that 12th man that sucks the ball into the net and that's exactly what it was in the last sort of 10 minutes with yeah. Villa having all of the ball um, well we've been through a few years I mean before obviously we got sparked back into action last season where the team wouldn't apply that pressure in the last 10 minutes to actually you know ignite the crowd and, and get everybody uh yeah you know then they weren't forcing corners they were going through games without actually having a bloody corner but you want that last 10 minutes if you're down or if you're looking for a winner to have that sustained attack to get the crowd involved you know yeah. to force corner after corner and uh, that's you know you break you break your opposition down but it just it wasn't for there was a couple of seasons where it just wasn't happening you just thought I'm sure that every game that we weren't winning, when I come to Villa Park, we would you would have a go in the last five minutes. You know, you throw the kitchen sink at it. Yeah, traditionally but, we'd hold on in the last five minutes. But now we've we've kind of got that back, and and that's also a spiller from uh, last season as well. When uh, we you know pulled out some last minute, uh, absolutely rock and roll out the bag from nowhere. Right. Anyway, let's. Uh, we just wanted to encapsulate that one game. And uh, because it is, uh, in our opinion, a, a pivotal moment uh, in this season for Aston Villa as we climb out of the relegation zone, please do uh, subscribe uh, if you're listening on iTunes and uh, Spotify. Uh, also, uh, the My Old Man Said mugs and uh, T-shirts uh, are available for you uh, if you want to support the show. Uh, the mugs, uh, I just wanted to get a second sample, a second round of samples in just to make sure it all lined up and everything and they're looking uh, pretty spanking. So uh, get on those. Just go to the My Old Man Said uh, website and uh, also become a patron as well to uh, get access to all the bonus shows we are now throwing your way in 2020. And also I'll be putting up some uh, discount codes for those uh, mugs and t-shirts if you are a mom's patron as well. Right, Mr. Chris but uh, any final words before we uh, close this show? Well, I'll mention what I said to you earlier, that the little nugget from the uh, the game. I think it was Smith. But apparently, I've just been corrected on Twitter that it was John Terry who summoned one of the, the young ball boys. This was when Ben Foster was persistently... Uh, are you, excuse me, are you, are you running a like a covert life on Twitter while we are having this conversation? Absolutely. <laughs> I'm, I'm running all. I'm, running, I'm, 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 I'm trying to multitask. Yeah, not very well. Um, right. Sorry. Carry, carry so on. it was about. I think it was about fifty-five, sixty minutes in. Obviously, the whole crowd were getting very frustrated. You could see the Villa players in the refs here about Ben Foster, especially, and a few of the other Watford players persistently time wasting. I couldn't see if it was Smith or Terry, but clearly one of the ball boys was summoned over to the the dugout, spoken to, and you could see him at like breakneck speed sprint off down the Tr- Trinity Road touchline and like literally in the ear of every ball boy along the touchline and behind the goal at the Holt end. And then instantly, any time that ball went out of play, the Villa lads were straight off their stools and they were literally putting the ball in the Watford player's hand. It was yeah, just, you know, yeah. it's, it, it comes as common sense. But when they're doing that, to just ma- push the game forward. Yeah, keep the and, momentum going if, if we've yeah, got it. Yeah, absolutely. 
it's a, you know it's a small thing, but it does make a big difference. It's little things like that that Villa have always been naive about to a certain extent. Yeah. If you know, if, use your home advantage. So we'd like to dedicate this uh, bonus show for the week. Dedicate it to the Villa Park Ball Boys. Respect. Big up yourselves. As always, thank you very much for listening. Until next time, it's goodbye from me, and it's goodbye from him. Goodbye. if it drops right. Horse helps it on to Tyrone Mings and Konza! Esri Konza strikes gold for Aston Villa! Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.